Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Have you got to the point where you're really ready to stop drinking? Can you admit, hand on your heart, that you cannot moderate and there is no point forcing yourself around and around the Ferris wheel? Do you want to get sober but don't know where to start? Or do you wish that you could get some positive results this time? In my private membership group, Thrive, you will find the recipe to get and stay successfully sober. Thrive offers wonderful support, guidance on how to start, how to get past specific challenges, and it also includes weekly Zoom meetings. There are many people that have joined Thrive on day one, and now they're celebrating milestones they've never achieved before. Visit www.sassysobermum.com thrive for more info or to sign up. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I'm chatting to Sarah in East Yorkshire and she is 214 days sober, which is absolutely amazing, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, you're welcome. So let's dig into who you are a little bit. Please can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you? Yeah, sure. So I am Sarah and um, we have lived in East Yorkshire for about 15 years now. I live with my husband and my two children who are 16 and 14. So they're not my babies really anymore. Um, I haven't always been from here. I grew up most of my life uh, in North Yorkshire, uh, boarding school. So I went there when I was six, so I was 18. And uh and then, yeah, when I left there, I moved to London. So um, that's where I met my husband. And uh, I've got a day job that I do a couple of days during the week. And then I'm mostly self-employed, uh, making jewellery and I do photography. So I'm at home a lot, which is nice, nice for the kids. Yeah. So yeah, that's a bit about me. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. You sound like a creative person. I, I'm creative. Try to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. In the jack of all trades, <laughs> master yeah. of none, always trying something new. Yeah, I love that. Six to 18 in boarding school. God, that's uh, that's, that's a lot. I mean, if I had my time again, I'd, I would go again. It, it, it was like you grew up with your friends. So it was, it was ace. It was yeah. a mixed school, so you was, you know, you had just loads of different friends. You pretty much knew everyone, so it was only oh. a small school. And I, I didn't appreciate the views at the time, but now I do. It's out near yes. Whitby, so gorgeous. Yeah. Let's understand a bit about your life with drinking. So when I was younger, like at home in the holidays when I'd be there, I, would, I wouldn't say that I was really surrounded by alcohol very much at all um you know there was a bit of baby shab at Christmas yeah. floating about um but no I mean my home life was really settled and calm I would say I started drinking bits of alcohol in my teenage years uh, but it wasn't easy to get so we used to have to like go down into Robin Hood's Bay and ask people to buy us alcohol from the off license and they'd come up with all sorts of like random things like a 
bottle of vodka and a bottle of Newcastle brown ale. You know, it would be the most bizarre combination of drinks for our like £6.50 that we've all managed to scramble together. Um, But even then, like I wouldn't, we would drink like occasionally on weekends, a bottle of white lightning, you know, and 20 Lambert and Butler. Um, But it wasn't loads and loads you know it was just here and there I think for me it was when I left school at 18 and I'd been at boarding school for such a long time and then I was suddenly sort of free and Mm. no one was controlling me or really sort of looking out for not looking out for me I mean I had people who cared but like I was just free I could do what I liked and when I went to uni it was pints and parties and I worked in the student union bar so I would drink while I was doing my shifts yeah I'd be drunk by the end of my shift um and I just carried on drinking from there really Mm. moved on to wine and when I met my husband we hadn't been together for very long and I had a mega wine night and I mean we often talk about it it was Friday the 13th of August 2004 I've always hated or Friday the 13th since but I just literally like got really drunk and sort of went missing for a while and no one knew where I was and I, I mean I'd gone home to where we were staying but it was a lot of worry and you know, and you think back and I was in West London and you just think, wow. So, like, so it just sort of went from there. And obviously I stopped going out as much as I did at uni, you know, once I had children. But I still drank the wine. And then as soon as Prosecco got in my life, that was it. It was really? Prosecco, Prosecco all the way. Yeah. Just on a, mostly on a weekend. But, you know, when the weekend starts from Thursday sometimes mm. a Wednesday <laughs> yeah I was the same I was exactly like that there's something about Prosecco I think it's so drinkable isn't it it's da- it's dangerous and you can drink it in the morning with orange juice <laughs> yeah that's the thing isn't it I mean that's that is definitely something that Buck Spears is a sort of mm. getting wet getting ready at the wedding or um or Christmas morning, or, you know, yeah. day, it, it becomes... In fact, actually, I did a stint of living in Fort Lauderdale. I was quite lucky. I had, had a, a six months or so where I was flying back and forth and living out there with, with young children whilst my partner was working out there. And this and the mimosa, which is essentially the same thing, isn't it? It's sort of orange and sparkling wine, I think, or champagne, or the mimosa... Uh, brunch thing was massive there and they I think they were kind of refillable bottomless brunch I guess that's Mm -hmm. what they call it don't they I think we've got a bit of that over here now haven't we that kind of whole bottomless yeah they were so popular over there and you'd walk down the main street obviously sun shining all the time um you couldn't kind of tell the difference between like a Friday night and a Sunday morning it was like the same weather (laughs) all the time and people are just drinking these mimosas and it's just I, I people must get into trouble with that a lot um so what was it like when um because obviously your children are um they're teenagers now so in this sort of last kind of five years or so what was it like what was the pattern of drinking like then so really go back to, I'd say even 
longer, like 10 years. I've got occasions where I've gone out and got really drunk and, you know, sort of had to give the kids a cheese sandwich and put them to bed, you know, because I've been drunk. Um, and the past five years, we've, we've done lots of, like, heavy drinking. My sister lives next door, but one, she loves the Prosecco. My husband's sister, they moved near us as well. And so during the summer, it was party after party. Just yeah. in the garden, it was bottle and after, after bottle of Prosecco. Like, we could yeah. do, between the three of us, we could do probably six, seven, eight. You know, we would just be drinking yeah and for the kids I mean when we were all together like that they'd just go off and have fun you know Sophia would sometimes bring me my phone she'd be like can I get these robux I just like <laughs> hold the phone in front of my face to like yeah I agree with the payment and I'm like yeah you know so I'd not only be spending like loads of money on drinking I'd be spending money on yeah Minecraft or something <laughs> like that um that's a nightmare. Sorry. Only be only because my kids have just got into this like road box or whatever it is. Yeah, like they've got into roadblocks, but there is that whatever it is, Robux or the, the payment part. And they're mm-hmm. always, you know, my friends have all got these and I want them. And I'm just saying, well, no, you're not having 10 quid to do that. That's that's a lot of money. Um, so I can imagine when you're drinking and I was the same like you just everything is just sort of easy life easy going yeah that's fine just click click get on with it that would be really dangerous like I mm-hmm. like I can imagine that would just be really dangerous you, you would spend a lot of money that way surely oh loads every weekend and not only that it's our local longest decided to launch a, like a delivery service oh, so we God. literally like 150 meters away it is not far it's less than five it's like a three minute walk but we'd be like just banging in like bottles of prosecco you know treats for the kids all into the shopping basket and getting it delivered at like half ten at night so we'd run out yeah you know it it took you know a, a toll on our like financial business and and the impact of that for the weekend was I do a lot of photography and you know I've got a little studio and I would put off booking sessions on Saturday and Sunday mornings definitely if not if if I knew I was going out on a Friday like out out um or if we were all gathering or something I wouldn't book anything for the Saturday yeah I thought I, I, I don't think I'll be able to do it and I used to play hockey which I've gone back to now but even that I'll be like oh you know, I don't think I can go to my hockey. So it's it's that impact that it has. Mm. Um, the kids, the kids haven't really said loads to me. I think now they're appreciating what I'm doing and the mm. difference it's making. You know, because I'm present a lot more. Yeah. Um, and Stanley is 16, nearly 17, so he wants to be out with his friends and things. And I know that no matter what happens, I can always pick him up. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? So that for me is like, and if I couldn't, it would impact him going. I'd be like, no, you can't go because I might not be able to pick you up because I'll be drinking. Yeah. And I'd worry more because I can't pick him up. So now at least I know that every time he goes out somewhere, if he can't get home or he misses the bus or there's no taxis or he's stuck at a friend's house, I can be like, right, I'll come and get you. 
Yeah. It's such a, it's such a simple thing that, isn't it? And I can, I can appreciate that perhaps people that don't have a difficult relationship or challenging relationship with alcohol, they would just think, well, yeah, but that's normal. Just going and picking up a kid. (laughs) But it is a massive thing. I think when you've been a drinker and you have been quite unreliable to be able to just Mm. know each day that you can swoop in and be up, be the parent yeah. you want to be and go and get your child from a situation that they need help in without having that anxiety of mm-hmm. well, I might actually be a bit drunk or do you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's, it's actually a really big thing being able to do that. And I'm, I'm not at the stage yet where I need to do that, but I take great comfort in the fact that mm-hmm. my kids call me at 10. Yeah, no, no problem. I can come and get you. That's absolutely yeah. fine. You know, that just means a lot, I think. Because Stanley would say to me, oh, will you be able to pick me up or are you having a drink? I was a bit like, oh. Like in the past, I'd be like, oh, oh God, oh, well, I suppose I could not have a drink, you know. Yeah. And really that acts on him socially as well. Like, I like him going to his friends' houses and things like that. I think it's, you know, I want him to be with his friends and have fun. And that, you know, said, oh, no, Stan, it'd be easy if we just stayed here. So he misses out because because I want to have a drink. Yeah. Like, not really how parenting mm. should be. <laughs> no, so. it, it isn't. But drinking makes you really selfish. Yeah, it does. Unfortunately, it does. Mm. It, it makes you self-centered around drinking and at whatever cost, whether that's your relationships or your children or your business, mm. yeah. you don't mean to get in that situation. Like, we don't want to be that person that lets people down or makes people have to choose you know um whether you know we're going to be able to drink or not type of thing but that's just what it does sadly that's just the place mm-hmm. that we get to isn't it um what was it like getting to the point where you were thinking right I need to stop this well last year no a year ago in November I went on a girls weekend I'd the little run up towards it I'd been a bit injured I'd I hurt my neck and then I went to hockey and I hurt my knee and then I felt fine had my 40th birthday big party and the week after that we went to a hot tub weekend and I was saying oh yeah I'm gonna go back to hockey next week I'm feeling fit I'm ready for it get my life back organized you know back to exercising I was so drunk fell out of the hot tub landed on the floor I was sick went to bed, woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I swear to God, I felt like I'd broken my knee. Oh, it was so painful. Ouch. I just really, really twisted it, falling out of this hot tub. So following that weekend, I said to my friend, you know what? I think I'm going to go sober. I think I'm just, I think drinking is just not for me anymore. And I even wrote in my diary on the 1st of January, 2022, um, first day sober. Because I thought, I'll do it then. You know, let's get Christmas out of the way first. Yeah, yeah. And obviously by the time it came round and I saw it, I was like, ah. <laughs> you know, money was feeling better. But yeah. We still drinking. So it didn't happen. And then, so my year carried on as normal. And then when we got to end of all, end of July, we went away for a week. We were drinking. It was fine. I was with my husband. He doesn't drink masses anyway, which is helpful. But a little holiday away, with beard, it was great came back and it was my niece's 21st birthday and my sister said come can you come around and help me get set up so I went round and we just drank so much Prosecco this is the night before the party 
So we drank so much, several bottles and some liqueur and all sorts. Went home and obviously crashed out. Next day, back on it again for the party. Those huge, you know, those massive bottles of, um, free, is it Frigionet? Yeah. They're like, like Magnum bottles. Mm. We had all those and just drank again. And it was about two o'clock in the morning. I was sat in my living room with my son and some of his friends who would come round because we were all at my sister's. So we invited some friends around. And I just sat there with these kids, technically, quite drunk, like chatting away. Oh, you know saying all sorts I don't even know what and on the Monday morning I sat at work and I thought oh it's a low point you know two heavy days of drinking after a week of holiday sat with my son and his mates just drunk it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like that and I said to my friend right that's it I am going sober from today and that's when I decided to do it I thought there's no point saying oh I'll just wait till I get summer out of the way or my anniversary or my birthday or Christmas just just do it and I messaged my husband and said oh this is what I'm gonna do and it was like okay I support that I think a lot of people didn't believe I'd be able to do it because they knew how much I loved Prosecco yeah like a child (laughs) yeah yeah Wow, makes that run of injury and not being able to do things because of the injury and because of the drinking. And we had a health check through work, and he asked three questions, and one of them was, "Have you ever injured yourself or someone else from drinking?" And I was a bit like, "No." <laughs> and then he was like, "How much do you drink, or do you wake up thinking about alcohol?" And I was like, "No, that's one thing I don't do." And then he said, "I think the other one was." how many units you drink a week or something. And I was like, oh, I don't know, like two to three bottles of Prosecco or something. Could be more, could be less. And it was almost like at the point where I thought, God, is he going to refer me? Like, EP. So that was a little bit of a moment as well. Yeah. My health check body tracks, man, about... Have I ever been injured? Because that wasn't the first time. Like, I've, I've fallen over before or, you know, so it was just little things that dropped that I thought, mm, come on, Sarah, like, you need to make a bit of a lifestyle change here. And it wow. was the biggest, one of the biggest decisions I think I've had to make because I knew it was going to be hard. Mm. But it's so much your identity as well by that point. Um, like, I... You're similar age to me when I stopped. I stopped drinking properly at 41, so fairly close, you know. And all my life, it had been my identity to be mm-hmm. in in situations with with drink, with Prosecco or, mm-hmm. or wine. You know, my thing, I liked, I mean, I, well, I loved Prosecco, but I also loved wine. I, yeah. I remember the conversations I was having a year before I gave up drinking and I would just say to people, I will never give up drinking. I love wine too much. I just love it. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just mental now. But I remember, I, mean, I still, <laughs> I remember how much I told myself I loved it. And Mm. how much I believed that it was almost a part of me. You know, you could cut me open and I would, wine would flow out of me. I mean, it was just, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was just, it was just so ingrained in my life. And 
I think it's amazing that you got to that point. I mean, what happened for you as well, it was very similar to me, but you just got to that point where you just thought enough is enough. I just can't do this anymore. That's yeah. what I remembered thinking. I just can't do this anymore. The pain of giving up cannot be worse than the pain of carrying on and it all just getting worse. And I really worried that my life would just, like my world would implode. I really worried about when is the time? It's not a case of if, it's when is the time that I go too far and I really screw up my life. That haunted me. Mm, Yeah, same. And I know, like, I've known for years and years as well, like my husband, like I said, he's not a big drinker. He never used to like me going out and getting really drunk and it did put I wouldn't say it just put pressure on our relationship but I knew the morning after he'd be a bit like you know how much did you drink and then and there was that sort of shame like I was a bit like oh or I'd come in trying pretending like I'm not drunk you know yeah. trying to walk real sensibly and talk real sensibly <laughs> inside like I'm just like spinning <laughs> I've done this. I've done this as well. (laughs) It's actually, I don't know why we're laughing because it isn't funny, but it is funny because, in a way, because I remember being trying to be really conscious of how I was talking to make sure that I wasn't slurring because I was a real slurrer. I I would be a bit slurry. My eyes would roll around a little bit. Like you can, when you look back at photos of me drinking, I can tell by my eyes straight away, they're slightly switched off. And I just remember having that deep breath at the door, like walk in, make sure you put one foot in front of the other don't give anything away make sure you pronounce all your words <laughs> exactly that was, I used to close one eye because if I had them both open like I would be like seeing double so I'd always be like closing one eye so a lot of pictures towards the end of the night I'd be like squinting with one eye half shut oh <laughs> I just think it's so bad yeah yeah so, I mean, our relationship has improved, has improved from it. Like, I can do a lot of the driving or we're going out for dinner, you know, like, I can drive. He's always driven me about. We've been together for, well, it'll be 19 years this month. So, like, he's always been the driver whenever we've gone anywhere. So, yeah. it's quite nice yeah. to be opposite that for him as well. It is. It is really nice. And also, it it's really nice to just not have the extra aggro of always being the non-driver um because mm. I wouldn't drive anywhere <laughs> like if we were going out I'd be like uh no I'm not driving let's just get a cab and I think one time or two to be honest with my husband I was only drinking really for the first year year and a half of our of our relationship we've been together nearly six years um so he didn't get to see a huge amount of my drinking really I spared him of that thankfully (laughs) but but there was an occasion where there was a party and he I I think I should have offered to drive you know it it would have been the right thing to do because he always does drive and he doesn't drink a lot but it would have been nice for him to have been able to have had the opportunity to have a drink or two without the concern of driving but I just couldn't believe that that would happen like why would I need to drive let's get a cab and it created friction because I think he was thinking well no just drive Terry like it's not a big deal and I was thinking no but it is a really big deal it's a party I cannot not drink 
we have to just get a cab. And in the end, we got a cab. And, and then I probably made him drink more as well because I just wanted him to be <laughs> on the same level as me. Um, so it's really nice to not have that, you know, they do, I think they do, even in strong relationships, I think they do create little tiny cuts sometimes, those types of situations. They do create yeah. challenges. Definitely. So the Monday you were thinking, that's it, I need to stop. I'm going to do this. Um, what did you do? How did you support yourself? So I downloaded the NHS app and put in all my information and thought, right, I'll tick this off every day. Obviously, I said I'd text my husband as well. Long, long spiel about giving up. And he was like, yep, support you. I think it's a great idea. And I just thought I'll just take it one day at a time. Um, yeah. I obviously jumped onto Instagram. I love Instagram. So I just typed in sort of sober, alcohol-free, sobriety. And I think yours was one of the first accounts I came across. And I was like, right, let's let's have a look. <laughs> and I looked at like grey area drinker. And, and one thing that I would always say before I even gave up was, oh, people were like, well, why don't you just moderate? And I was like, no, I drink to get drunk. That's it. There's no point in just having one or two. That's not going to cut it for me. So yeah. when I when I saw like loads of posts relating to like similar trends, I was a bit like, or similar traits even, I was a bit like, oh, that is me. You know, all like yeah. the regret thing, but also like the fun. Like that's like I did have a lot of fun. I'm not going to mm. deny that. Um, but yeah, I got this app and I thought, oh fill that in each day and I told my friends that that's what my plan was they were like oh my god no way like you can't but then they were like yep yeah, if you do you do what you want to do yeah and I think the main thing for me was not waiting to start it I made that decision I thought start today we had a festival we were going to on August the 6th and so it would only be on day six it was in London and we were taking the kids, we booked a hotel, we were going down on the Saturday, coming back on the Sunday, so it was only a quick visit. And I thought, well, this will be it, this will be a test. Will I still be able to have fun? Mm. That's my main worry. Am I still going to be able to have fun? I've been drinking for, what, like 25 years? Mm. Every occasion I've been to, I've been drinking. So will I be able to dance, you know, when the music's playing? Will I, you know, be able to really let myself go sort of thing? And... We had the best time ever. Oh. Like, obviously, we didn't spend loads on alcohol, but I didn't spend my time queuing in the long queues for drinks. You know, I didn't spend my time going back and forth to the portaloos, which I hate portaloos anyway, but I wouldn't yeah. have spent time in there if I was drinking. And I danced the whole time. And then we went Thank back you. to the hotel together. I was still awake. I didn't just fall asleep like I normally would have. And we ordered pizza and sat up and talked about the day and, you know, watched a bit of TV until like two in the morning. And then the next day I got up and drove us back. And I was a bit like, look at the pictures. I look great. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. I wasn't like falling on the floor or tripping over or just yeah. looking generally not there. And once I did that, I thought, yeah, I've got this. I can, I can do this. If I could do that, then I can do pretty much anything. So 
I just, yeah, I just took it one day at a time. That's amazing. That is like, and also as well, I think something like a festival where you have to go straight into sober dancing. That is a, a, a big moment of pushing yourself out of the comfort zone isn't it I mean that is literally like two feet (laughs) straight in it really Um, was but it's brilliant it's brilliant because you were able to identify everything that you were gaining rather than being hyper focused on what you think you're losing and I think that that framing our experience especially in early sobriety like that is so crucial to Mm -hmm. really enjoying and having a good time um so yeah and like you say if you can get through that I mean what I also back to that like when I think oh well you know people say oh you could have a few drinks and I think if I'd have just had a few drinks when I went there it would have been a different experience yeah I don't need to have a few drinks I don't need to have any drinks I'd rather just have no drinks and just learn to have fun without drinking it's a weird thing that people who either don't drink or don't want to give up drinking they can't really get that like it is relearning how to do something Mm. I think for me anyway it's like it's a weird thing like am I going to be able to go to a wedding and have as much fun without alcohol you know Mm. it's those little things like am I going to dance on the dance floor or get up and dance and I always just think well if kids can do it they're not drunk. They dance yeah. on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great view. Um, I think that everybody pretty much feels like that, though, to be honest. Uh, it, everybody has to relearn. that. That is what you have to mm. do. If, you, if you've got a, a, a decent chunk of alcohol use in your life or in your past, you will have more than likely done most things without you know without you know not 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 doing them sober like you would have always had a drink in those situations so I think certainly social situations but also things like coping with life and coping with things we haven't done that without alcohol for a long time and I think you have to I, I I always think with myself it's not even that I have to relearn how to cope I don't think I ever learn how to cope (laughs) If I'm being honest, because I was drinking at 14 as well, and I I was drinking for fun, for sure, but I do think that there was early elements of trying to escape, you know, maybe some of the things that were happening or, or the disappointments and just things like that. And I don't think I ever really built proper coping skills. And mm-hmm. so when I got sober, not only did I have to you know, relearn how to enjoy situations without alcohol and have fun without alcohol, but also I had to learn how to cope. <laughs> that, yeah. you know, that doesn't take, I mean, that's not an overnight thing, right? That there's a lot of trial and error involved in that, but um, it was quite, it was quite alarming. I think when I first stopped drinking, cause I realized that I just had one default every time something stressful happened. And it was usually like, Oh my God, I really need wine or just like bursting into frustrated tears because I just didn't know how to handle anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I I do wedding photography and things like that, and I find that really stressful. (laughs) And in the morning, I'll go out and I'll be full of nerves, 
and I'll do this wedding and I'll be watching everyone all day from like 10 o'clock in the morning till like nine o'clock at night drinking Prosecco. Yeah. And honestly, as soon as I get in, Richard will almost practically have it like in the freezer ready. Yeah. I'll come in and I will literally be drinking Prosecco because I feel like I've almost like not missed out, but I've been watching people drinking it all day and I've been kind of highly emotional all day whether it's like getting the photos or helping do something else or rushing about and so I'll come home and I'll be literally like drinking Prosecco that's it yeah I'll get a laptop and then I'll just be drinking and messing around with them even if just a few like I would just maybe just have one bottle because by the time I get in it'll be like 10 o'clock at night so yes. I'm fit in after a long day but yeah it's, it was a bit like that like, you, know, you know, it's rest- really funny. Like, I, I feel like I always sound like a chameleon on this show because I, I relate to so many things. But I did a stint of wedding photography because I was really, <laughs> into, yeah, I was really into photography in my twenties, and and I just and and so I invested in a five D and just kind of self taught myself how to do I I did that very kind of like reportage (laughs) you know where you just catch people off guard and it was it was more that type of style that I really liked and that's what I sold in these wedding packages so I 100% relate to how (laughs) stressful that is and and how and you just like you're so anxious you can't miss any of the important shots Mm. um and like you say you're watching people drink all day long and in that situation, a lot of that looks very glamorous as well because you're in a beautiful setting. Everybody is like super dressed up and everyone is on a high because they're happy because they're watching this beautiful ceremony. And and I used to come home at, um, I would kind of come home eight, nine o'clock um, most of the time. And I would just be like, get that Prosecco open, get that wine <laughs> open. Like I need to have my wine now to, de- <laughs> yeah. to decompress and to just sort of, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I just completely relate to what you're saying. And it's almost like it doesn't matter how late it is in the evening. You've, always got, to, you've got to open it. You've got to open it. It's, you know, like you say, whether you finish it or not, you have to open it and, and glug through a few glasses. It's almost um, like your reward for the end of that long day. It's like a reward. It is. I've done it. I've done it. Ooh, it's done. You know, glug. Yeah. Well done. Pat on the back. Have a drink now. Yeah. That is done. That's yeah. that's really what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. And that reward element is there for a lot of things, though, isn't it, as well? I think Mm. it's definitely for getting through the working week. It's Friday. You know, let's get wrecked. Getting through the day with kids. They're in bed. Here's my reward. Um, And I I was very, very trapped in that reward mentality. Yeah. Much like a lot of people, uh, I think. Um, and it's dangerous because also I do think that it's sold to us though. Like it's sold to us in that, you know, almost like your, you know, niece's 21st party, having all those magnums and all that booze. Like mm. when I was younger and I turned 18 and 21, you know, you got, you got these cards with a key on. Don't think they do those anymore, do they? Key to the door, whatever <laughs> that meant. I don't know. Um, and you know, you got bought bottles of, well, it wasn't mm-hmm. wine because I wasn't into wine then, but bottles of Tia Maria and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And it, it's it's just, it's sold to us in that way. So it's kind of, once you get out of it, like what you and I have, it's so easy, I think, to look back and see where all the conditioning came from, why we fell into those mm-hmm. pat- that pattern. Um, 
Yeah. So describe the first 100 days. What was that like for you? Uh, you know, I, was, I found them okay. Um, I had a lot on, like it was my wedding anniversary, like we had the festival, uh, my wedding anniversary, and we had a girly weekend booked at a hot tub um, place for two nights. And normally those weekends would be like Annihilation Station. Like we would take like 30 bottles with us as five of us. <laughs> so we always saw at least two bottles per person per day, but it would normally be more than that because we'd be drinking from getting up, we'd be making them with, you know, like mimosas and then getting in the hot tub, then maybe going for afternoon tea and having Prosecco there and then back in the hot tub till midnight. So I was a bit like, oh, holy hell, how is this going to go? But they were really supportive. I took loads of like alternatives as well. So I felt like I was, you know, part of the gang. And and my birthday was in there as well, which took me away to a concert in Manchester, which obviously I was a bit like, oh, am I gonna, how am I going to be? But again, like we had the best time. And so my, I would say my first 100 days were quite, I found them quite easy which sounds a bit crazy, but I was really motivated and I was enjoying like learn, almost like learning a new skill. Mm. Like I would, I like to research things. So obviously I like, looked on Instagram and I read that, um, actually I think I got it as an audio book to listen to while I was walking. Um, the Alan Carr, uh, uh, what was Easy it called? Way. Easy, Easy Way. Easy Way. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I found okay. Um, but I found a lot of it, I didn't find a lot of it, much of it relatable. Some of it, but not all of it. I think mm-hmm. I wanted to find more of it relatable, but I didn't. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, they were they were sort of okay, but they did take a long time. I felt like it took me a long time to get to 100 days. Yeah. <laughs> really slowly. Yes. Um, whereas the after that, it sort of went really quickly. But I suppose it was a run up to christmas and Mm. like that but yeah it was that one of the difficult parts was people saying like i miss drunk sarah or yeah why don't you just have one or i miss i miss when you were getting so drunk and i was a bit like "Mm, yeah but i'm still here yeah just not singing really loudly or falling over yeah you know so it was a little bit like that but Everyone was great, like my family and and friends were really supportive of it. So, yeah, they weren't too bad. Yeah, yeah. I did think a little bit of weight, though, and I haven't lost even, like, an ounce. Yeah. Saving, like, a gazillion calories every month. <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's, that's fine. I'll still, I still feel healthier than I did when I was drinking loads. So I'll take a small gain of that. <laughs> yeah exactly I, I I think I do think that some people will come into sobriety and they're sort of expecting dramatic weight loss and that can happen for mm. people but my experience was like your experience which was that actually I just I couldn't stop eating treats and things I, I had a big sugar thing um I had a lot of cravings for sugar and I was eating ice creams and <laughs> every day and just dairy milk and and I didn't I didn't lose weight at all I I did put on a bit of weight and I just always felt to myself that actually 
stopping drinking is is the most important thing that's the thing that I really need to focus on that's the priority don't put yourself down Terry for being half a stone heavier or whatever because actually what you're trying to achieve is really really good and like you say so much healthier (laughs) for you and you can always lose weight later like it's you, you know you can always take hold of that once you've got enough sober strength in your sober muscles you can try and lose the weight you know so um and my weight to be honest has has probably fluctuated in four years I lost weight then after that and then and had a baby and put weight on again and now I sort of I'm happy with the way I am but I probably could be a bit lighter but I just can't be bothered (laughs) just so much as women on our bodies and our weight and what they look like and really the only person that is really focused on that is you yourself because yeah. your friends and family don't look at you in that way do they so I just no. that's how I, I'm like you know what it's only me who's being self-critical like I'm doing a really big thing here by giving up the drinks so at the moment just focus on that yeah as you end up with too many focuses if I'm trying to cut back calories or trying to get out exercising more and trying to stop drinking like I just think mm-hmm. just do one time Sarah and you wait can wait (laughs) wait can wait yeah exactly (laughs) yeah don't overload yourself that's sometimes people contact me and say oh I you know I've stopped drinking or you know I'm so many days but I want to lose weight and I also want to stop smoking I say whoa 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 (laughs) just do one thing at a time just focus on drinking just focus on that just focus on trying not to drink and just get that feel like you've got that kind of nail yeah and then move on to the other things like don't don't do everything because then you'll just do nothing you know um and it's the same with also when people think right I want to get healthy I want to uh lose weight or I want to do that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do this exercise every day or four times a week or I'm gonna uh, lose this much by that it's just it's too I think my opinion it's too much take take (laughs) take your time it's taken me a long time to learn that myself actually I am very much like right I'm running and so I'm going to run for four days a week <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> and then I one week that I can't do that I just think oh well I just can't do it and I just stop completely so it's now I'm trying to just do two runs a week that is it that is it that is enough that is that is perfect <laughs> it's achievable um but yeah so what what's been the biggest gain for you do you think the biggest gain is time, just time, organisation, reliability. Um, I've got time. I used to waste a lot of time feeling rough. Yeah. I'm one of the always sick people in the, on the night, not, not really the next morning, and then waking up with the banging headache, the dry mouth, Um. So time for me, like I can do things more on a weekend, like I book my photo shoots, I can take on more weddings. You know, if the kids want to do something, I can take them. I can get up on a Sunday and go and watch Stanley play football or drive him to wherever the football is, even if it's 30 minutes away, I can get up and take him rather than relying on somebody else because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to feel like I can drive, let alone stand by a field for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just that time and feeling a little bit more present and a bit more organized 
like I can do so much more I'll put things in my diary and I'm like oh yeah I can do that I can do that oh are you free this day yep I can do that because I know that nothing is going to hinder my plans yeah I'm not going to have a spontaneous night drinking you know like even a Sunday if someone says I'll come round I won't be thinking oh I better not go because I'll end up getting really drunk and I've got work on Monday yeah you know so I can go knowing that I can have some of my own drinks or whatever and come home at a normal hour and you know that's that's for me it's just it is time and I mean health wise and that you know I do feel better but I think it's more in my mind that I feel better like I feel like I'm achieving something and I can achieve a lot more if I continue on this path with not yeah yeah um and wife you know, and friend, I do miss, I do miss those times where, you know, we've gone out or gone on our hot tub weekends and drank loads and been real silly and, you know, I look at and laugh, but then there are a lot of pictures I look at and <laughs> desperately cringe. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Do you know what? I, I think, I think that's a really nice point as well that I think you do sometimes miss those crazy times but and I think that's absolutely okay as well like you you should be allowed to miss those sorts of things I wonder if that fades the more you get into it because it Mm. it reminded me hearing you talk about that that I had a bit of that definitely I definitely look back at some fun weekends away or you know trips to Barcelona with the girls and it was all a bit crazy and lots of downsides as well don't get me wrong but there is a sort of there is a kind of realization that it's not going to be quite the same as that but then equally I'm not sure now as I get older whether I'm definitely whether I would be able to do those sorts of things anyway I don't know maybe maybe it's almost like there's a little bit of sort of like you realize you're getting a bit older and you have to say goodbye to your youth in some ways as well um but I I haven't had that feeling for a very long time now obviously I'm bit further on I'm going to be four years this this April uh but I don't yeah I don't think I've I've not had that pang if you know what I mean I don't I wonder whether that's is that just me or is that is that actually that as you go forward and your evidence cup that I always love to talk about gets so full of how good life is without alcohol that you ju- it just sort of almost like dislodges any of those old kind of memories yeah. out of the brain so you know do you know what I mean I don't know if I'm explaining yeah. it well <laughs> I, do know, I do know what you mean yeah <laughs> yeah I know and I think it I think it will like I think there's just those moments where you just think oh but then I'm very quickly reminded of those moments where you know on the same weekend or the same day it went a little bit wrong I mean we after one of the weekends we had it was the first weekend we all got together after COVID. So it was mental. Like it was, we were just crazy. And we came back to mine afterwards. I was in the garden and I was taking a picture of my friend with the big long line of Prosecco bottles that we seem to have here. I don't know. I'm sure we left a lot there. And I went down to lean against the wall, like to sort of lean in to get like along the wall, you know, to try to make it sort of aesthetic. And I fell into the wall put my knee through this 
big box full of water or whatever it was. I don't even know what it was. And like, then I was just in this ball, like on the floor, like not being able to get up and understand. I mean, it was really funny at the time, but that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't drunk. Yeah. So like even there's always a great memory of fun, but then it's, I'm very quickly reminded of the negative part of that, mm. the falling over or the arguing or the crying or the sick or the hangover or yeah so that's what I just I do constantly remind myself of but if you do go back there Sarah this is what's going to happen and this is what your life will go back into and so for me it's just not worth it it's just not worth going back to those days of feeling like that no yeah and that I, I love the way you describe that as well it's so simple, but it is so effective to just have a balanced view of how it really was. And I think with fading effect bias, it's really easy, I think, to look back and especially when you don't have as much in your evidence cut, perhaps. So you're much earlier in to sobriety. It's very easy to look back and have those rose tinted glasses and just think, mm, but it was fun and I did really enjoy myself and I did find it relaxing and that was really good. That summer was great without, you know, it's easy. I think it is easy sometimes to get into that trap, but to be able to be in a position like you are, where you are constantly reframing your lens. Yeah. That's relevant, isn't it? But you know, <laughs> you're constantly reframing your lens to look back and to just see it for what it is. Yeah. Okay. That, that particular moment might have been quite fun but then those three moments that followed that evening were really bad and Mm. the cost is not worth you know the benefit is not worth the cost because the benefit is down here and the cost is right up here sort of thing um and I think that's that's a really really strong way to move forward in sobriety is just to keep your eye on those those balls if that makes Mm -hmm. sense Um, so in terms of staying getting and staying sober what would be your top three tips so I would say if you're thinking of doing it just do it don't wait for the next wait till after the next thing that's coming just do it and get one of those apps I found that really helpful marking off my days and looking back on it now and it looks good, although full months. Like I like that. Like a good visual. Mm. Um I actually really like some of the alternatives. I'm not a big soft drink drink like soft drink drinker, like Coke and lemonade and I would hate to go to a party and just drink lemonade or soda water. I just I just don't think I could do it. But having an alcohol free beer and I was never a beer drinker but I would have that or if they did have an alcohol free sort of Prosecco type drink like I drink like the Bell & Co white one which my husband actually quite likes as well so we'll share a bottle of that so I do have the alternatives and I don't feel like I'm replacing Prosecco with that because obviously it doesn't make me feel the same way but I just feel like I'm enjoying a little bit of a celebratory drink for something, even though it's alcohol-free. So I did quite like, I do quite like the alcohol-freeze if you're not a big Coke or lemonade drinker or... Yes. Yeah. And there's there's so much out there now as well. I mean, 
it, the amount of botanical, alcohol-free gins and like fabulous spirits that are alcohol-free. Mm-hmm. I've been quite fortunate. Some of the big drinks companies have sent me things to sample and they are literally amazing. They, they for me personally, they never trigger me or anything. I, I don't taste an alcohol-free gin and think, oh my God, I need a real thing. Never. Um, I don't, sometimes some drinks are so like the real thing. It's quite eye-opening I think I, I tried a rum and coke and I or a whiskey and coke and I got my husband to try and I said I cannot believe how much this tastes like the real thing and it was kind of weird, weird. but I never liked whiskey as a drinker anyway it was it was more wine and Prosecco like you um so I I didn't love it I don't love the alcohol free version but I didn't love the alcohol version anyway but I just I think yeah I mean I think it's nice to have a special drink at a barbecue I love putting all the rosemary <laughs> and berries and all the you know the things all the garnishes in a nice glass why not I just yeah yeah, oh. yeah so and the last one I just put when sort of like when you feel like you're missing it which I've already said just think about why you're sober what you're doing it for like you've got to do it for yourself first yeah. Like if somebody else says to you, oh, you know, I think you should give up, you're not, you're not going to because you're going to feel like you're being judged or um, forced into doing something that you don't want to do. You've got to do it for yourself. Yeah. And stack up those reasons as to why you, you're doing it. Like I was a bit like, you know, I keep injuring myself. I can't handle it as well as I used to be able to. Like I never used to fall over when I was drunk. But then I started this thing, like, and I just felt like, like I felt like I looked like one of those, you know, those memes or reels you see and someone's, you know, drifting across the street, like completely wasted. That's kind of what I thought I looked like. And I thought, that's not for me, you know. So it's just a case of just having even a bit of a list or something reminding you as to why you're giving up and how better your life is going to be. Yeah. Making it one day at a time not thinking long term like people are like how long are you going to do it for and I was like I don't know I'm just taking it one day at a time brilliant taking my app one day at a time and now I've got this far and I haven't even really like announced it to like everybody like I haven't put it on my personal Instagram or anything it's just my like, close friends and family and if someone comes around and they're like oh do you want a drink and I'm like oh no I don't drink anymore and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't do it anymore. It's been like six, seven months. And they're like, oh, that's amazing. You know, so I do get a lot of support, but I think that's important too. Yeah. And Instagram. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, scrolling through those sober feeds. Like, yeah. I think it was the first one I came across. And I was like, right, follow. Yeah. Let's do yeah yeah it's such a brilliant place isn't it such a brilliant supportive yeah inspirational supportive place it's lovely it's lovely to be a part of it and it's lovely that now we think about people that are kind of sober curious they come onto instagram and there's just so much there's an abundance of information great quotes interesting perspectives I mean it's it's so rich Mm -hmm. in content 
and it's all for free it's amazing yeah exactly and it's all so much of it's relatable and when you realize that everyone else when you see a a quote or a reel made by somebody and you completely relate to it you think oh look how many likes it's got there is literally like a trillion people out there who also relate to this so you're in a you're, you're one of many you're not on your own I think that's a really a really valid thing to remember is like you're not on your own in this there are a lot of people out there who also don't drink now because of their own reasons yeah and yeah it's just one day at a time for me yeah I'm like I'm quite into it now and I'm just like meh I don't even really think about it yeah I don't popcorn and a bar of chocolate watching a movie rather than a bottle of Prosecco now which I never in my life ever thought that I would say such words I know it's so lovely isn't it when you have that realization (laughs) yeah it's so lovely I I um I think I I remember as well I just that we were talking about this before we, we clicked record that there is a point I think that you you do stop overly counting the days you don't maybe do it every day you just do it a couple of times a week or you know to see where you are and you just think that wow I never thought I could get here but I'm here and I'm really happy and it's just all of that I love that I love that phase um and it sounds like that's where you are and I just I I remembered for myself as well I just felt like I'm just living life now like this is just my life it's not it's not I'm still obsessed about sobriety but it's not like consuming everything I'm just doing it now I'm just kind of living it it just felt yeah in in my business world I would have called this unconscious competence which is like the last phase of the learning model where you can do it and you don't have to think about it anymore you Mm -hmm. just do it um so that's a great place to be that really is um so if you're open to it how can we find you and follow your journey yes so i'm on instagram and it's at sussing sobriety um i don't know why i picked that name i think it's because i was literally just sussing out sobriety like learning about it so i just thought i'll go with that (laughs) nice love it and um yeah and so you do jewelry you you did nice jewelry for me didn't you yeah, I sent you a banger yeah I do jewelry that's Oswald and Rose that's on Instagram um I've been doing that for over 10 years hand stamped oh. bangle so yeah I sold a few as well and I sold a few with like sussing sobriety on which is quite cool oh that is cool Not just like a, a separate quote it was like my yeah insta feed name so that was that was quite nice like I think nice little reminders to just keep you going yeah Yeah. I love mine doing this I thought well I may as well make something for myself to (laughs) motivate me and then I was like I'll take a picture of it and put it on yeah Um, because people like doing that though don't they I mean I I always still feel like I would have a little tattoo somewhere you know to to represent it that's one that's a big thing people like doing isn't it but I think it's I think it's nice it's nice to be able to mark what is a really special occasion whether that's you know six months or a year of sobriety or, or whatever is important to you I think it's lovely to be able to to do that with a sort of token bit of jewelry or yeah no it's it's really good so how do we find that page what's that called again sorry Uh, oswell o-s-w-e-l-l and rose 
O-S-W-E-L-L. And spell and. Yeah, and then Yeah. What was Oswell and Rose? Oh, that's nice. Where's that come from? Um, My son is Stanley Oswell and my daughter is Sophia Elizabeth Rose. Oh, I love that. That's so cute. That's a lovely name. Oswald and Rose. Love it. Um, <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you making the time to come on my show and also for your openness and your vulnerability and honesty. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. It's been really nice chatting to you after following you for seven months, seven yeah. full months. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah, thank you. It's been really great. Absolute pleasure. And I so I, you can't, people that are listening to this can't see, but you're very smiley and you're beaming <laughs> and you're glowing. So, you know, sobriety suits you 100%. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> awesome. Well, I wish you all the success with your jewelry and your business and the sobriety. And I'm sure we'll stay in touch. And thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.